Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today, I have the privilege of speaking to Elise. Elise is an integrative nutritionist and certified GAPS, which we'll go into today, but gut psychology, physiology syndrome practitioner, holistic health coach, exercise scientist. I didn't know that. That's the same as me. (laughs) (laughs) And founder of Well Belly Health. So Elise is passionate about implementing nourishing and healing dietary principles, reducing client stress, which we're all about, obviously the GAPS protocol, um, and Elise and her team now at Well Belly Health have helped hundreds of families around the world overcome a host of health issues by listening to the body and tuning into what it needs. So thank you so much for being here, Elise. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on my podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Sheridan. It's so nice to be here today and chat with you. Well, it's funny hearing your voice because and seeing your face at the same time because, um, oh. as I was saying to you earlier, I think I first heard your voice. It would have been on the Quirky Cooking Podcast, and I swear that would have been four or five years ago when I first started listening to that. And I'm, you weren't on there all the time, but it was reasonably regularly, I think. Yeah, I think I think I'm like Joe's like most frequent guests on her podcast probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and also I would have been doing gaps at the time as well, but just self-learning and sort of understanding it because it would have been when I started my Masters of Nutrition, I think. So, and I was like going through my health stuff and then was like, oh, what's this whole gaps thing? And then obviously, you know, most of your podcasts that kind of came up, um, so learning about it at the same time. Ah, so for those of you who don't know Elise Comerford, can you tell us a little bit about, obviously beyond what I've said, who you are and why you started doing what you're doing? Yeah, so and thanks for the introduction. So yeah, as as Sheridan has said, I'm an um, integrative nutritionist and a GAPS practitioner. I'm also a mum. So I've got a little boy named Dylan who's eight. Um, and I guess... Where I'm at at the moment, I'm just extremely passionate about showing people a way to health that is not stressful and overwhelming. So that really that really guides what I do, what I do, and how the clinic Well Belly Health runs as well, and the reason behind that clinic as, as well. So I've had a big health journey myself. Uh, there's been lots of gut issues throughout my life, and that's really driven me to the point I'm at now. And I guess the knowledge that I have now. Um, working through my own health issues and also some of the frustrations I felt along the way, like the uncertainty, the overwhelm, the stress, the confusion, trying to find the right answers. And so it's really that journey for me that's guided me to where I'm at now and what I do now. So with the way that I work with clients, I'm really driven to 
share things in a way that's super simple. So I like for people to feel like it's easy to understand um, and that health doesn't have to be super stressful and overwhelming. So it doesn't need to be this negative experience that's full of guilt, shame, blame and deprivation, which is what it can be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I really like to show people that finding your way to health can actually be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, It can be an enjoyable experience and that looking at health, it's not just like I don't like to look at just nutrition, like it's a piece of a bigger puzzle. So the whole purpose for me Uh, And what I realized on my journey, I focused very, very heavily on nutrition and gut health to resolve my own health issues. But then you get to a point where you're like, okay, like I've really sorted out my gut health and uh, my nutrition, it's all on point, but hey, I'm still stressed and uh, there's still things in my life that aren't amazing. And there's still, you realize health is a much bigger picture than that. Uh, So I really work in the nutrition space, but looking at it, as a piece of a much bigger puzzle and that we're working overall with a human and a life and we want to improve the quality of life. Um, So that's really the goal of what I do. I guess it's, yeah, because I love that because even like thinking about like the way I practice or different people practice in a sense, we still get caught up in like, and it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's a Band-Aid approach. Like I'm not saying, oh, here, take the pill to fix this. It's almost like, eat this and fix this but you also it doesn't even work that simply either because you know I have clients who clean up their diet and still go oh but I've got all this stuff and I don't know I feel like you're similar to me that maybe your diet and your gut health stuff wasn't point but you still had things going on or symptoms or whatever and like you said yeah understanding that there's a whole range of things that we don't often scan out of that big picture we just sort of we do tend to focus on little things or people get caught up in I have a parasite or I have SIBO or something without forgetting that what about all the you know other puzzle pieces in in the big picture yeah definitely and stress is one that is a big topic that I talk about and Joe Witten and I run programs together and we talk about that a lot in those programs as well. It's really the foundational piece because we live such stressed out lives. We do, yeah. So much stimulation, always on the go, stuck in that fight or flight state, very analytical, always thinking and planning. It's just not the way a human was really designed to live. If you think of humans living back in a more like hunter-gatherer kind of lifestyle, there would have been a lot of time spent daydreaming, also just a lot of time spent around the fire, a lot of time spent storytelling. There would have been so much more creativity and imagination and times of empty-mindedness, like yeah. you're not having yeah. to do. So we're living a very top-heavy life these days. And so in order to have really not be in fight or flight you need to be working towards that if you're just going with the flow you're in fight or flight because the flow is yeah, That's yeah. What- and what's that saying it takes a I'm gonna say it wrong it takes a tribe to raise a child or whatever it is that it takes a village like you know that that whole thing and you think about even children and I have in my head now pictures of people sitting around the fire and kids running around and women cooking or knitting or like what I see in Bali and that's sort of in that village aspect as opposed to now you do have 
single mums or maybe not even single mums, but, you know, raising children and working and finances and trying to keep up with everybody else, which is so ridiculous, but it is the way we are. Whereas, yeah, that that slowing down, that support, that network, that it, a lot of that's gone. Yeah, and, and we're living these disconnected lives where we're so separate. This is my house and my yard and I need to mow my lawn. <laughs> and vacuum my house and do my washing, cook my food and look after my children. And, you know, we're doing all the things where humans have always relied on each other as a community and shared the load and we're just not doing this anymore. Someone who covers this kind of stuff really well is Marcus Pierce and Damien Christoph. They have a podcast called 100 Not Out and Spent a lot of time in blue zone areas, particularly Ikaria and Greece. Yeah, yeah. There with them. Yes. yes. Uh, and the importance of community and connection—it's so important. So uh, that's where you can get like really bogged down in detail. But the people that live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives aren't obsessively restricting their diets. That's not how they got there. Yeah. So, People that live over 90 and 100, you know, the areas in the world that have the most people that live over 90 and 100, it's not because they're doing that. It's a whole range of things. In general, yes, they are eating a more whole food diet. So that is really important. It's the the amount of processed foods and chemicals and it's just not really Mm. food um, Mm. that's available to us and just too much of it. Um, That is definitely a factor, but there is so much more to it. So That's what I really try and educate people. Of course, I find nutrition important. I feel really passionate about that, eating good whole foods, nourishing ourselves through foods and and preparing them in traditional ways. That's a really important factor. But it's also looking at the bigger picture because it is a part of a bigger picture of actually our souls as well. Yeah, and there's so many facets that come into that. There is that community aspect. There is the food aspect. There's the exercise aspect, like the way we exercise, the way we treat our bodies, and there's obviously nothing wrong with exercise. I love going to the gym and stuff like that, but it's a way that we push ourselves, and I lost my periods for seven years because, again, it's it's that, that overstimulation rather than doing things that we enjoy like surfing or walking or hiking or being outside, we tend to go, oh, yeah, I want to do that, but I need to tickle these other boxes because I I need to be fit or I need to be skinny or I need to be whatever it is. And then we have that constant pressure. And, again, I see in so many women who are like, oh, but I I need to be doing running so many Ks or doing all this stuff rather than going, actually, I just need to be outside. It doesn't even really matter what I'm doing. I actually need time to play and to dance and to create and to just – enjoy rather than to have that constant stimulus yeah and that's where we're such we're so achievement focused and outcome focused Mm -hmm. and yeah a lot of the ways that we do things is in that really kind of fight or flight way that just does create more stress and exercise is a form of stress it can be a positive stress it just depends how you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. So darling in on the nutrition stuff, GAPS is obviously a, has a special place close to your heart and it's something that you delve into a lot. For those who haven't heard of GAPS before, can you give us the short and sweet on what it is and why you love it? 
Okay, so GAPS, gut and psychology or gut and physiology syndrome. Um, so GAPS protocol. So it is a protocol for healing, sealing, repairing the gut lining, um, but it goes also goes so much deeper than that. So it's really about nourishing the whole body, really restoring nutrition. So it's based on simple nourishing traditional foods that's what first spoke to me with it when I first read the gaps book first of all I went holy crap that looks really hard on yeah, yeah that's what most people say <laughs> that's like the, you know, that is the normal but everything I was reading I was like this makes sense this makes sense this makes sense like it just all makes sense um, because it is just really based on traditional ways of eating. And I think that is the simplest way to describe it because GAPS gets a reputation. People say, oh, it's so restrictive and it's so this, like, it's really not. It is really based on traditional ways of eating and it's just based on whole foods and foods that aren't processed. Yeah. So and foods that are easy to digest, that are the most nourishing, that are the most nutrient dense, that are the most healing and repairing. That's what GAPS is based on. And there are points in GAPS where it is more restrictive. So there is the introduction diet um, and then there's full GAPS. So the introduction diet is the more restrictive phase of GAPS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And that's the one that generally freaks people out. Yeah. So, yeah, when I talk about gaps to people, I always get them to look at full gaps first to, to really understand the principles of gaps. And when you look at the full gaps diet, full gaps is basically a whole food diet. So it's very similar to paleo. Uh, there are differences, but that's what you could compare it to as being most similar to. Um, so there's meat, veg, eggs, nuts, seeds, fruit, good quality dairy, uh, some legumes. So it's really really a whole food yeah. diet. Yeah, and it's base form, yeah. yeah. So that's basically full gaps. So full gaps is the easiest part of it. That's And that's all a lot of people need to do um, is switch over to eating in that way, like I said, similar to paleo. So then the introduction diet, that is a healing phase. So mm-hmm. that more for people who do have more um, serious digestive issues or other issue, health issues going on as well that they could do full gaps and it's just not completely getting to the bottom of their issues. And then mm-hmm. we do the introduction phase. Um, so that's where you can start resolving like allergies and intolerances and things like that as well. Um, and that basically starts at stage one of eating soups with them uh, like, you know, meat stocks with the meat and the allowed veggies in there and some good 24-hour fermented homemade yogurts with the honey. Um, that's mostly what you have in stage one and it's just moving along through the stages until you get back onto full gaps, so just gradually adding things in. Um, so the way that we have people approach gaps in the clinic is really a step from where you're at now. So a lot of people look at gaps, they read it and they're like, Oh, I have to just start with meat stocks. I'm just not ready to do that yet. And they kind of put it aside and go, I need something else, which is exactly what I did. (laughs) I'm going to have to go find something else. So we love people that rather than focusing in on the details, we focus on gaps as the principles. Um, And we 
at, okay, we definitely need, everybody needs GAPS principles in their life. And so let's start from exactly where you're at right now. What principles mm. do you start with? What health issues are you having? What do we really need to focus on? Um, and where do we need to start that feels really comfortable and good for you? That feels like your first step, that feels achievable, that's not stressful or overwhelming. And that's really how you start with GAPS. Mm. Um, starting with those first steps and where you go to and if you eventually do the introduction diet, if that's necessary, that all comes down the track as well. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, taking that that stress out of it for people and like you said at the very start, making it enjoyable is a huge thing because you're right. And like any restrictive diet protocol thing we do look at it initially and just go oh wow this looks really hard but you're smack on with phase one because I like yeah I remember when I looked at the restrictive diet and I went um yeah now this is not gonna work for me I can't live off flipping bone broth and egg yolks um so yeah like you said sort of working I think the key difference also is when you're working with a practitioner like when you're working with someone like you and you have someone to step through that reasoning with it as well I can go hey actually no let's start where you're at because sometimes we're like oh I can I'll do it myself and we get the book and we sort of jump in and then go oh no this is so not sustainable and it's not working and you just give up or it's too whatever whereas yeah when you sort of get someone to go okay no 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 you don't need to do an all or nothing approach you can step your way through this monitor whatever it is because is there key things that people come to you for to work with gaps or that you really go oh gaps will be good for you or is it just something that quote unquote you would apply to any anybody or is there specific conditions that you really go gaps is is great for I do really apply gaps to anybody in that way I guess how I was describing it then in that um, whether it's some of the gaps principles or full gaps or the introduction diet gaps sits behind everything we do because really what it comes down to it's like those western a price principles as well is about just nourishing whole foods yeah. so there's never going to be a case where i don't think that's right for someone like it's always going to be right for someone to eat more whole foods yeah yeah more nourishment i think animal foods are right for everybody yeah so I'm always going to think that that's right to get more good quality proteins um, or the nutrient density of great quality animal fats. Like that stuff's always going to be right for people. Other GAPS yeah. principles are getting more sunshine and, you know, reducing stress and spending time in nature. I'm always going to think that these principles suit people. It's how we approach it that will change for every person. So that's where I guess... Um, people can get confused about gaps. It's like really looking at it is in a box as a specific protocol that you follow step by step yeah. or you're doing it. Um, but yeah. if you look more as it's a kind of way of living and principles and that you take what's right for you at the time um, mm. and from there. So, yeah, I'm always going, like what we do always fits in with gaps in some way or another yeah. because we're about using good quality, simple, nourishing, traditional whole foods um, foods from nature is what people need and that's what it's really about. Um, and the clients that we get in the clinic, we get a whole range. We do get really complex cases. We're mm -hmm. quite for working well with people 
uh, with really complex issues. Mm. Uh, but we also just get people that are, have some, you know, some niggly digestive issues going on or just those things that they just haven't seen resolve yet. Um, we also work with uh, kids with learning difficulties, with allergies, mm. tolerances. We work with people with sleep issues, with hormone mm. uh, issues with mental health stuff going on. So we really do work with a big range of stuff. I feel like we like to label stuff, like we like to be like, oh, this is the GAPS protocol that I'm doing rather than going, this is a whole food diet. Like I would never in practice say to someone, go do GAPS, right? Because I'm I'm not, an, it's not my thing. It's not my area. It's It would be wrong of me to do that. But I tell people to eat whole foods. I tell them to eat beef livers. I tell them to eat raw honey or, you know, fermented foods or those sides of things without obviously using the term gap. So sometimes I feel like we just put these things in a box and we make it feel so complicated. Whereas the reality of it is removing the crap, get yeah. rid of that. And you're probably doing gaps without making it seem so complicated sometimes as well. And like you said, like, I love that there are stages of it and that when someone comes with a complex case, there's deeper that you can go. And that side of things is incredible as well. But for, you know, the general person with maybe some digestive disorders that maybe just general eating is, you know, healthy eating is actually a good thing without feeling like you have to label yourself in this box. As soon as you have something that's processed, you feel like you've stuffed up your whole quote unquote protocol. Exactly. When I first, so paleo was what I first did, but when anyone asked, are you paleo? I would say no, because I never wanted to label it. I'm like, no, I'm Elise. Like, and I'm eating what I'm eating at the moment, but tomorrow it might be different because I just, I could sense it right from the start that I can get very strict with things. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go around calling myself paleo because if then I decide not to be, or I decide to be different, then other people are like, oh, no, didn't you say you're paleo? Like, and I'm going to get that feeling like, but well, I'm paleo. I can't eat that potato um you know like so I didn't want to get caught up in that and that's also something I've done as a practitioner is I am a gaps practitioner I did resist it a bit because I'm like I don't want to be put in a box as being that um but you know it is the protocol I work with I'm very good at it I know it really well and in depth and I'm so much success with it but I'm not like this diehard all or nothing like it has to be gaps um really about finding what's working for you and I've really always kind of kept that in my mind from the moment I went and did my GAPS training and did GAPS protocol myself and got all the results that I wanted to see I was always had it in my mind no matter what if something seems better than this I will always look at it I will not close my mind now and say GAPS is the answer and that I'm push through no matter what if there's something's not working I'm always I'm dedicated to finding what works I'm not dedicated to gaps yeah yeah I think the the plus side of that is that you can say I'm a gaps practitioner in a sense as well because when people do feel like they have a more complex health issue going to someone who says I've I know this I know this and I know it well and not inside out as opposed to just taking it to 
you know, someone like me and being like, hey, Sheridan, I feel like I need to do, you know, like the restrictive GAPS diet. And I'd be like, eh, yeah, okay, this is not going to work because I can put you on full GAPS because that's what I do as a general principle. But to go down that rabbit hole for me, I'd be like, well, flip, I don't even know where to start with you in a sense. So you've got that aspect, but then also, like we said earlier, being able to draw out of that and go, okay, but also sunlight, also exercise, also moving, also stress, like all those other things around it definitely play a bigger picture is there things that gaps like the the restrictive stage of gaps work really well for like if someone has more what are some of the specific kind of things that you go oh that's a really good like is it eczema or psoriasis or you know like you said um with kids as well there's different things that you go oh that's that's I've seen really good changes in that with gaps Yep, definitely. So then there's lots of different things. So definitely digestive stuff. So, mm. and it can be um, a matter of that everyone's different so that I could have two people with the same issue and put one on full gaps and it fully resolves yeah. and then the other one it doesn't. And we do have to go to see it resolve. So for some, it can be a case of we're just not seeing the results we want here. We need to, we need to. Yeah. And we need to look at doing intro. So it can be a case of that. But in general, the things that uh, we mostly work on intro for for people, uh, inflammatory bowel diseases, so Crohn's, yeah. diverticulitis, um, yeah, so definitely mm. those kinds of issues. Uh, we see incredible results for people with that. I've worked with really really complex severe cases wow. um, things like ulcerative colitis people that have been yeah. the strongest medications for 20 years and still bleeding daily and um wearing wow. really badly and seen incredible outcomes so that's where i just know this works yeah. like gosh the yeah. time i've seen it saved people's lives like it's just wow incredible. wow um so yeah definitely things like that uh people with FODMAPs issues so mm. FODMAPs histamine intolerance salicylate intolerances that's one I talk about a lot because um the the main approach to that at the moment is limiting those limiting the trigger foods mm. uh, which doesn't resolve the underlying reason why they've become trigger foods for people. So that's where GAPS really steps in and does resolve the underlying issue why they've become trigger foods for people. Mm. So things like salicylates, it's chemical intolerance. Um, so it's got a lot to do with what's going on in the liver and also what's going on with digestion. The FODMAPs, that's a really big one, and that's got a lot to do with um, stomach acid production, mm. breaking down properly in the stomach so then it's broken down properly in the small intestine when it's not we end up with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth it can have a lot to do with um, the liver as well and also um, if there's not bile flow and there's constipation then things are going to sit more in the digestive system become a breeding ground we get more of that mm. small intestinal bacterial overgrowth they're fermenting food in that part of the digestive system that causes all the FODMAP symptoms so there's you know there's there's more underlying mm. And then the histamine stuff, um, which people are just generally put on low histamine diets for, um, it's got to do with an unhealthy gut lining. If we don't have that mucus layer in the gut lining, um, 
protecting the mast cells of the immune system underneath there. We end up with overactive mast cells, um, also underproduction of an enzyme that breaks down histamine called DAO. We can have too many histamine producing bacteria in the gut. They may not be, they might, methylation may not be going so well, liver's not coping well, not breaking down histamine properly. So there's under, it's like just lowering histamines in your diet. Yes, it will ease the symptoms, but it's not dealt with the underlying issues that those symptoms are there. So that's what I love about GAPS. Not just that band aid of removing trigger foods, it's actually mm. removing the trigger. Yeah, which is um, something that so- a lot of people do. They just go, I'll just exclude FODMAPs and yeah temporarily their symptoms sorry decrease but it's not again we come down to that root cause okay but why but why what's going on what's that bigger picture in the gut often people find that their symptoms get worse so there's initial decrease in symptoms when they go Mm -hmm. low FODMAP then it starts symptoms start worsening and they become more um, intolerant to other foods that they're eating as well. So overall, we see a decline when people have been doing low FODMAPs for a long period of time. Um, so yeah, GAPS is really, and that's what I've always loved about it. And what jumped out at me right from the start is it's about addressing the underlying root causes here um, and nourishing and healing the body. So yeah, so FODMAPs issues are also like um, any other kind of food allergies and intolerances. That's where I do gaps intro for people mm. um, and definitely skin issues same again if they've done full gaps and they've got eczema or psoriasis or something like mm. that going on and it's not resolving then we'll move on to intro mm. um, yeah I'd say just just trying to think off the top of my head I'd say they'd be the main ones if there's you know severe bowel yeah. symptoms um, if there are those those kinds of intolerances going on um, mm. and and just any kind of stubborn symptoms that aren't resolving on full gaps and mm. focusing on all of just still seeing issues happening, then we move to intro. Yeah, it must be so rewarding because I think of like when I see clients and you see them progress through those changes and you watch someone go through gaps and you, you see them tolerate more foods and you see them heal and their symptoms clear and it's like, it's come from such a good space and it's come through the nutrition, but yes, the other stuff as well, as opposed to that, you know, X my cortisol cream, it's gone temporarily. Like it's, it's such a different thing because you know, the body's literally healing itself because you're giving it the, the principles, the properties, the nutrients, whatever it needs to heal in a sense. So it's just, I don't know, like it just makes me feel. Yeah. And you see a person thriving. You see, you don't just see a person has gone away you see a person with eczema has gone away and their skin looks so clear and their eyes brighter and wider and their their skin just looks smoother and you can see this glowing sheen and the shape of their face has changed and they seem more vibrant like you see a person that's healing from the inside out not just okay yet my eczema cleared or okay i don't have the histamine symptoms anymore because i've lowered my histamine yeah Um, foods it's like oh i'm actually thriving in all these other ways because i'm resolving something that affects more than just histamine symptoms you know so whatever whatever symptom you're trying to resolve if you have fodmap issues you have fodmap issues because there's gut stuff going on that's affecting other things 
Mm-hmm. So when you resolve from the root cause, you resolve the other things as well. So I often get clients telling me things that they hadn't even thought were a problem and then they're noticing that change as well. Yeah. And the reality is that it's a lifestyle shift as well because you can't just walk generally to the cupboard and open a bag of chips and eat it. You have to slow down. You have to prioritise cooking things or fermenting things or being more organised or prepared or getting into better habits or prioritising going to the markets and getting fresh produce. Like it's a it's a whole shift. And I know that's what's so overwhelming about it is you can't walk into Woolies and buy five gaps suitable foods, quote unquote, you know what I mean? I mean you can buy fruit and veg, but it's it's that shift of, oh, I I'm actually living more how I've been created to live in a sense, rather than this quick and easy snap my fingers, I've got HJs five dollars later. Like it's it's a it's a whole shift. And I think that's part of like what you said at the start. It's not, it's not just the food and the nutrients. It's like, well, actually, I need to change my whole lifestyle if if I'm gonna get well. Yeah, and slowing their lifestyle down, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if someone was listening going, wow, I haven't heard of GAPS before. <laughs> I want to know more about it. Where's a good place to start without jumping straight into the deep end? So you can, on our website, so wellbellyhealth.com.au, if you go to our resources section, there is our blog there. Awesome. Uh, information on gaps there as well as a whole bunch of other topics and some recipes and things like that there's also our resource in our resources section there's also our podcasts live q a's and podcasts so that's a great place to look we do a live q a once a fortnight we're probably going to be moving that to once a month um and when you go and look in the live q a's you'll see there's a whole lot in there at the moment and all the different topics. So you could, there's one on FODMAPs. So if SIBO FODMAPs issues is a problem, you can go and listen to that one. If yeah. hay fever, that's the one we did yesterday. Um, so that's up already, ready to go listen to. You can go listen to that. We've done them on, oh my gosh, sleep, um, allergies, um, histamines. Um, I can't even think. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. I think probably 20 in there um, and constantly adding to it. So that's a really good place to go and you could probably find your issue or what and listen to that. And so that's really helpful. If GAPS is something you're definitely considering um, and and you do want to dive into some more info, then there is in our online learning section, there is our um, program called the GAP Sessions. And so that's pretty much for the price of a consult um, and you just buy it, purchase it and access it straight away. And there's six videos in there really detailed with with like worksheets that come with them as well um, on different aspects of gaps. So that's a really good starting point if you just want to get more of the understanding, more of the information. I go into quite a lot of detail in those. So um, that's way more than I could ever deliver to someone in one consultation. So yeah, it's a really valuable way to get to know gaps better. Yeah. Awesome. I find that's helpful because like you said, like some people, a just want to do it self-paced or just want to learn more about it or want to take their time without, yeah, feeling the pressure of seeing someone and trying to absorb all this information in one consult. Sometimes you can sort of pace it out and like you said like there's usually so much information in there so for those listening I will link all that into the show notes as well but yeah having a website and resources 
from a trusted source is really nice as well because like anything there's so much information out there on gaps and it will overwhelm you too fast if you listen to just one podcast and then go try and implement it you'll fail and you'll you'll get frustrated but if you've got that time and those resources like you've obviously created then yeah people can step through it without that overwhelm and make health easier make it fun make it less stressful which is what we're all about here (laughs) um awesome so i'll link all that stuff in um otherwise you yeah so that was wellbellyhealth.com i'll pop that in for you guys um facebook elise health i'll link that in and also your instagram elise nutritionist that's correct as well Perfect. Cool. Well, thank you so much for jumping on today. I really appreciate it. I learned heaps and I'm sure others did too. And yeah, stoked to have you on the podcast. Yeah, pleasure. And thanks so much for having me, Sheridan. It was so nice to chat with you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.